Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Before we get into this episode of Small Doses Podcast, I got to remind y'all that Juneteenth is happening on Monday. But ahead of that, on Saturday, you can join us for the first ever live stream of Smart, Funny, and Black live. Yes, I'm gifting two free shows of Smart, Funny, and Black to Nashville and also just like to the state of Tennessee because why? They've been going through it, not just with the Tennessee Three, but in general, Tennessee been on one. And I know the people are tired. They've been fighting. They've been yelling. They've been working. They need a space to rejuvenate. So I say, you know what? We're going to bring the dopest black ass space to Tennessee for that purpose. So Smart, Funny and Black will be in Tennessee in partnership with the National Museum of African-American Music doing the show live from their venue. 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday, June 17th. And if you want to watch the show, all you got to do is go to amandaseals.com, sign up, and get the live stream link. Go to amandaseals.com and get the live stream link to join us live on Saturday, June 17th for Smart, Funny, and Black in Nashville at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And just so you know, it's two different shows. We're going to have two different sets of Black spurts on each show. So excited to do this. So excited to not only do this for City of Nashville and for Tennessee, but also to have y'all be able to globally experience what a smart, funny, and Black live show really is. All right? So make sure you do that. Also, don't forget the usual. If you like what you're watching, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget, you can also go to the Amandaverse and join our Patreon and become a part of the SEAL squad where you're going to get bonus content, exclusive videos, and pictures, and more. All right, let's get into this episode. We about to go deep with the sister, Ms. Tabitha Brown. Welcome. I love it. Let me start by saying that Tabs, when I tell you people, I told you this before, people be wanting me to talk like you. Like they really <laughs> be on my head. Like why they be wanting if you, you were not to be you. Just more. I'm like, that is Tabitha Brown. <laughs> you get you already have that. Listen, and you tabs. are you. You're supposed to be Amanda. That's what you supposed I'm to be. I'm like, I don't, I I I don't have the soothe. <laughs> but you have the the effect. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take right? it. Right? So, and, and, it. and the world needs your your voice as well. Tabitha, I really feel like... So, off camera, we were discussing the pandemic. And you mentioned that you said, like, during the pandemic, a lot of people realized that they, you know, wanted companionship. But I honestly feel like during the pandemic, people found you as their companionship. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know what? I did try to show up for people during the pandemic. Was that a conscious decision? Yeah, absolutely. Because really? I just realized a lot of people were home alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were also in a house full of people, but still alone. And so I felt like, you know what? I'm going to try to be their friend or their person, their mama, whoever that is in this moment. And I'm going to talk to them every day. 
So every day I did content, you know, I was just talking to one person. I didn't have all these people in mind. I just had one person in mind. Right. And uh, also, I still do that. I've always done that anyway. So I hold my phone close to my face. So it's like I'm on FaceTime. Huh. Yeah. That was a thoughtful thing to hold the phone close to your face like you're on FaceTime. Yeah. Because it's more impactful. It's like, oh, I'm really talking to you. Were you doing that before the pandemic? Like, was that the thought process from Jump when you decided I want to create content? Yes. When I started doing, anytime I did a straight to camera, it Mm -hmm. was always here. Unless I was cooking live in the kitchen. It was always very intimate. See, (laughs) because in the beginning, I was only talking to one person because nobody was watching my videos. Listen, that's what people don't understand. Like, you just in the house on your phone. I was talking to me. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I really will. People think, like, I'm yelling at them because they're seeing, like, through the other side. But really, I'm, like, yelling at me. Like, can you believe what's going on in this society? Like, I'm talking to me. And it's like, oh, actually, no, that's not really what's happening. I think that's so beautiful, though, because I really feel like that was a real turning point for just the world, the ecosystem of Tabitha Brown that we have all been able to now like be welcomed into, whether it's content, whether it's the stuff at Target, whether it's the children's show, which I have been a guest. And she was very good. Sherry shares. Uh, (laughs) So good. I was talking like this for like, Two hours. So cute though. (laughs) (laughs) What was funny about it was that like I didn't consciously do that. It's just the environment. It naturally happened. Raised up the pitch. Yeah. Like you're like, I have to talk like this. Yeah. Because I'm talking to kids. (laughs) And maybe even some dogs too. You know, I gotta get them like bring them in. (laughs) But yes. You know what's funny? You had a higher pitch, but you still were an adult. Most of the actors who came would go into like baby talk or like little kid talk, and we'd have to remind them, no, we still need you to be an adult. What would be an example of that? They just go into like, oh, okay, like a like a little kid. Interesting. Ninety percent of the guests. You well, know what? You know yeah. what? My mom never spoke to me like that. See, my mom never spoke to me. I mean, she didn't talk to me like, "Hello, Amanda. What will we be doing today?" Yeah. But she always talked to me in like full, complete sentences. Like I never got to talk, baby talk. Not that I was ever correct. Like she was never like, "Stop talking like that." But like she just never talked to me that way. So when we talked about the title for this episode, we came up with side effects of having it all because I feel like people look at you from the outside and they feel like she did it. Mm-hmm. She's got the family. Mm-hmm. She's got the career. She's going to Dubai <laughs> on the Emirates. Yes. Uh huh. First of all, like, what do you consider having it all? Is this having it all? For me, having it all is being free. Talk to me about what that means. Like, Freedom, being completely who I am, Mm -hmm. no code switching, no conforming, no shrinking myself to make anybody else feel big or comfortable, being completely free, not covering my accent anymore, not wearing my hair. Were you doing that? Oh my God. My 20 plus years. Like I know you've mentioned it, but like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was for that long. (laughs) It was for... (laughs) Yes. It was. And that's what Jordy trying to tell you. The real tab has showed up. I can't believe this is happening. I'm so embarrassed right now. I wouldn't want it any other other way. But yeah, that's to me trying to constantly be a size two or four and wear my hair one way and just... Was not that given free. to you by some, like, do you feel like that was just society telling you to do that? Were there people in your circle telling you Both. to do that? Right. So growing up in the South, I learned very early how to code switch, right? I learned by watching my mama, how she talked to people at the bank or white people 
or bill collectors calling. I think freedom is so hard for so many people to imagine in their acquiring of of having it all. Like I know there's a lot of people that feel like there's no version of having it all because you're gonna have to give something up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of folks, it's kind of like, if I give it up, I won't get it back. Mm. How has that journey been for you? I think for me, to, back to what I was you know, originally saying, like I, I gave so much of myself away for so long mm-hmm. that it's like almost like I lost myself, right? So is it almost like you lost yourself or did you lose yourself? Well, I always say almost like I lost myself because for a while I did, right? But I was still there. Mm-hmm. And now I, I have me again, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I had a, a lost season that was a very long time. Really? Yes. So, and that's because the root of me has always been who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the person that my closest friends know, Yeah. right? My family, they know the true tab, have always. Mm-hmm. But when I moved to L.A., pursuing acting in what, 2004, mm-hmm. my thought was, I got to create this person to yep. win. Right? My first, before I ever moved, I had an agent in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Right? And I was already doing acting there. And I used to have locks. And I remember her telling me, listen, nobody want to see a black woman with locks on television. Is this a black woman agent? No. This is a white woman. This is a white woman agent. Okay. And I said, okay. And I believed her. She was like, especially with your complexion. And I believe that, right? Okay. So I, it took me about three days. I stripped the locks out because I didn't want to shave all my hair off again. And I wasn't completely locked, locked because I'd only been locking for about 10 months. Now, mind you, I had locked my hair specifically to bond with my husband because I wasn't a virgin when we got married. So this is what I did to bond with him because he had locks when I got married. Do we know this story? I don't know that I've ever heard this story does. before. No, so he not. had locks. Chance had locks. And so because we had already had a baby when we got married for the new year, so we got married April. Wait, I just want you to know the comedy of it went from um, I was in a virgin to I had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know, when you lose your virginity, you might can have a baby. It's just... <laughs> Unless you are married. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, when you so, got married, this was a part of a, like... I had this whole idea. I was very deep. <laughs> okay. I was like, babe, since we already got a baby, you already had didn't got the cookie. I'm going to lock my hair to bond with you. And I'm going to keep it covered from New Year's Day to the day we get married and you'll be the first to see it. So I wore my hair in a head wrap every day to work, every day for those four months until after our wedding day at our honeymoon, when we got to the room, I took it off and so he saw it first. That was my way of Your bonding. reveal. Yeah, I was bonding. We was, lock- we was locking it up. <laughs> Pun intended! <laughs> so did so- he have love? Yeah, he had locks. That's why I did. Okay. Yeah, his, oh, his locks were—I mean, about to his butt when we moved to LA. But yeah, I'm trying to picture Chance with a long lock. Oh, honey, he was fine. <laughs> okay, I mean, he's fine now, but he's with them locks. You know, they—he they, was good. <laughs> yeah. So, so y'all yeah. had the matching locks. So I so had to lock. cut that. Feels. Yeah, so I stripped uh, them yeah, out because yeah. I didn't want to. Because I'd already did a big chop, you know, a couple of times. So I was like, I don't want to do that again. So I'm going. Strip them out. So I stripped them out and I had like curly, you know, afro. Mm -hmm. And I wore it curly for a while. And then 
when I moved to LA, I auditioned like that a, quite a bit in North Carolina. And my agent was like, it's all right, but it's, you know, not really the, the look. So I was like, okay. So I moved to LA and went to like actors workshops. And so I was already used to covering my accent anyway because of corporate America. I was working. Can I hear your accent cover? It's so hard for me to do now, but. Because when I have to, I can give you white girl. I mean, I feel like I it, it it's gone. God get, didn't give me the ability to do it anymore. That's great for you. However, if I'm doing a character, I can give a character a different voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> That's how I used to be at Taco Bell. When I worked at drive through, I'd be like Welcome to Taco Bell. How may I help you? Like, trying to sound different, but that's also how I got a drink thrown in my face. You got a drink at Taco Bell? Yeah. How do they throw a drink in your face? You're giving them the drink. Mm -hmm. Did you give them a Mountain Dew and they had ordered a Sprite? No, see, because my voice was so strong and wrong. I did sound like a white girl in the drive-thru. I was in North Carolina. It's my first job, 15. And they were in a red Camaro talking, a white couple. And while they were talking, they weren't paying attention. So I was handing them their drinks. And so, you know, they talking and like this. And when they turned and realized that it was me handing them their drinks, they threw them back at me. I just want to understand what you're telling me. Uh, I just want to tap in and understand what you're telling me. <laughs> I want to tab in and understand what you're telling me. You're saying that white people in Greensboro, North Carolina. I was in Eden in my hometown. You were in Eden, North Carolina, and white people in a Camaro were mad that a black woman was serving them drinks? Mm-hmm, in the 90s. Called me. That was not my first time being called the N word, but the reason why that's partially just bonkers to me is because, like, if there's one place that white people have never seemed to have a problem with us being, it's in servitude. So it's like, it's like what? They didn't want me touching their cups. So if you had given it on a drink caddy, what happens in that kind of situation? You see, I feel like God, don't put me in those (laughs) situations because I'd be incarcerated. I mean, but, I mean, what do you do? I was 15. They, I would have run out the front. If I know me, I would have yeah. run out the front. I know this about me, Tabs. Yeah. I mean, they pulled off anyway. Did you get the license plate? You see where <laughs> I'm going? You see where I'm going with this? Like, I would be calling Chance. Like, like yeah. it was a red Camaro. <laughs> Eating only but so big. Like, yeah. hey, we exactly. riding around. And that was the thing. I was like, hmm, I don't know who that was. But they were older, so. They threw, so I just need to make sure you didn't refill the cups and give them new drinks. No, I... You know how you fix the drinks first when you work drive through. You fill up the drinks that okay. they order first, and even before like people pay, like you just hand them their drinks. And so they were talking though; they were just talking the whole time. And so I was handing them the drink. I was like, "Here, here, are your drinks." And then they were like, "Uh huh." Like, and then it's like they just happened to turn and look, and they was like, "Oh, how dare you mm, put your hands on my cup?" Do you feel like? There are white people who, by the calmness and the sweetness of your demeanor, feel like you are a safe black person for them. I don't think it's my position to feel that way. That's on them if that's... No, I'm saying, do you think that there are white people that feel that way? I think that there may be people that feel that way, that white people that could feel that way, but I'm very direct even in my calmness. Like that tab was a little girl, mm-hmm. right? But I'm never shy about who I am. And I always tell people, like, I'm a whole... I mean, I got braids right now, but I'm a whole black woman who walk around with Afro. Yes, you are. I'm already intimidating to a lot of people. Yes, you are. But I come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
but I do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had it, to think about it for a second. Yeah, I, was like, I come in peace, and that doesn't mean I come in weakness, um, weakness or ignorance mm-hmm. or naiveness, right? Now, my husband would tell you I'm I'm too nice. Really? Yeah, he'll say, you know, there are times where I let people get away with too much. It's just because I really be trying to see the, the good in everybody. And well, we all learned that with Wendy. All of us learned it in real time. Wait. We all said, now see, that's a sister on another vibration. <laughs> She's on a vibration that we are all aspiring to reach to. She's ascended and we're climbing. <laughs> Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like, Figure out what I'm going to cook? Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me, and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really bad at it, you can get you a Dash Pass, and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. I mean, I still can see the good. I mean, I think it's a gift, you yeah. know, and there's a there's a certain level of anointedness that you have to have to be able to do that, particularly in such dark times, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, that's, I think, part of the light that people are so attracted to with you and what allows you to even have this so-called idea of like the having it all is because people need points of light to guide them. And even though... I say this to everyone, like, it's within you. It is. It's within you. I swear, this little light of mine, like, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Please. Yeah. So, but I think sometimes folks just need a beacon you see to how pull their own light out. Chime hit right when we I see how the Lord be sending confirmation. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wonder, though, um, the reason I asked that question is because I just feel like there's such this idea that certain black people are safe and certain black people are, you know, respectable mm-hmm, and certain mm-hmm. black people are this. Like, I know when I walk in a room at certain times, it was like, oh, she's light skinned. So maybe she and then very quickly it's like, oh, she OK. She's so she's not OK. <laughs> got it. Got it. Like, we learned very quickly. She's Listen, not that. I have in, in corporate America, when I work nine to fives, I spent many years code switching to make white people comfortable. And it made me sick. In what way? I started having panic attacks. Oh, like it made it you made me literally sick. sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I realized I had let it go so far that they got too comfortable to talk to me crazy. And then I got upset with myself. They got too comfortable and they were talking to you crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, without saying too much, because when I had woke up and realized it, I sued. So. You better use the system. <laughs> so it's is only so much I can yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, they started to feel comfortable because I was A, the only black person at the business and the only black woman mm-hmm. in in the business. And they just did weird things to me that I allowed too long. For example, I worked in an office setting, mm-hmm. right? We also had a warehouse in the back. And the warehouses where, you, you know, the workers were. And when you live in California, most of the workers are like Hispanic workers in, in or sometimes they're black, but it where I was, they were all Hispanic. Okay. They was listen to me. I was like, oh, I feel like they be like my cousins, because yeah. they remind me of my family. We're so much alike. Anywho, they had to clock in, you know, in the time clock. I worked in office. Everybody in the office was salary. Yeah. But they made me go in the back to clock in. Understand? Okay. All right. Because (laughs) I really think some people feel like if they're the nice one Mm -hmm. or the sweet one, Mm -hmm. that they won't get treated like this. Like, let me just make these white people feel comfortable Mm -mm. and then they're going to treat me like them. Yeah. I thought that too. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to think that. I used to... It was a game of survival, and I'm trying to help my husband and be a good partner and make money, and because I'm also trying to pursue this acting thing that ain't really paying nothing yet. Yeah. So I need this job. So I want to prove to them that I am worthy. That used to be the thought, yeah, right, which is also not freedom. I, I said it in my head. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, it's not freedom. So that's what I talk when I'm talking about when I found myself again. I realized it was so many things that were making me sick. And not being free was one of them. And so when you're not free, you allow people to treat you any kind of way. You you start to settle for things that you don't deserve, right? And that's what I did. I did it for a very long time. But honey, not no more. Them days are <laughs> over. So it's what over. was the turning point? What was the turning point from... Because before you even get the opportunity to like do things the way you want to, you have to decide, I'm not going to do things the way I've been doing them. Yes. So what was the wall that you hit that said, okay, this ain't it? And then what was the next step after that? The turning point was when I got like very sick in my body, right? And I was on disability for like a year and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, right? So they were... Running tests every week, every month, trying to figure out. I had this girl code switch and tried to kill you. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't necessarily think that. Well, it definitely wasn't that because something in my body was attacking itself, right? Um, they were like it was like an autoimmune, but I was also having depression and panic attacks. But it all was around the same timing. And going to the doctor every week and they can't tell you what's wrong with you, but you know something ain't right. And they know something ain't right, but they can't figure it out. And well, it, at least they were acknowledging that something ain't right. Because oh, I yeah. know that's been a problem for they a would lot of me. sisters. Oh, like yeah, something's would, wrong with me. And they're like, you're fine. Yeah. They would say, you know, um, we know it's like autoimmune. Something is making your body attack itself. We just can't figure it out. I even had a rheumatologist tell me because I was going to all kinds of doctors. She was like, well, you know, normally we just tell women they have fibromyalgia when we can't figure it out. And I was like. So I just supposed to take the diagnosis because you can't. So basically they just made up yeah. a diagnosis for we don't have a diagnosis. And then that also was a trigger for me because when my mama first got sick, they told her after six, seven months of trying to figure it out, you have fibromyalgia. But my mama had ALS. And she ended up dying, of course. But it was a trigger. So I was like, oh, my God, I probably have ALS like my mama. And they're telling me I have fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia. because they can't figure it out. So that was, in my mind, 
I, so that's also started causing me to have even more panic attacks and depression started setting in. And I just got to probably the darkest place that I ever been in. And I was just like, Lord, you didn't brought me this far just to leave me here. Right. Because I felt like I was on just taking off in my career. It felt different. And this was like January 2016. I had just started doing stand up. I was doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just went to Sundance for the first time. And I was just like, oh, I just feel this different energy. Right. And right after that, I started getting sick. I just like I, it started with a headache in the back of my head. That headache stayed there for a year and seven months. Every day. Never went away. Every day. Right here. Some days were better than others. Right. But some days I couldn't walk. Some days I, I like I lost my vision for a day. It was just a crazy time for me. And how old is your daughter at this time? At this time, choice is what, fifteen? Okay. So yeah, you're in like 14, full 15. teenage parenting mm-hmm. mode with all yes. this going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a baby. Right? But you know, I had my son. He was a little something, a couple of years old. Thankfully, he doesn't remember mommy being sick, but my daughter does. Mm. And, I, you know, I tried to hide it. So I tried to hide how sick I was because my husband had a very stressful job at the time. And I didn't want him to stress. He was 5 right? Yes. The low. Right? And also, a trigger for me was when my mama got sick, my stepdad checked out and he was very mean to her. And so... I didn't want to experience that in my mind. There's thought, two people in your life that I got to fight. I got to fight the white people in the Camaro <laughs> and I got to fight your stepdaddy. I just, okay. I'm like, Arya Stark, I got a list building, building. You know, but my mama would always tell me, you know, people handle sickness and grieving differently. Yeah. And so I gave him grace. And of course I had forgiven him and we've had, you know, conversations since then, but that was a trigger for me. So I was like, I got to hide this. Because I don't want my husband to get mad at me for getting sick. Oh, right? And I also don't want to stress him out. And I don't want my kids to be worried like I was worried about my mama. So. how? What made you a people pleaser? What do you think? Um, I think I've always just have had that nature to like love people. And this was happening for so long in my life. But it's also because I wasn't putting myself first. I was about to say, mm-hmm. I think we call it that, but it's yeah. also then it's like everybody. Well, I, I'm sure I learned it firsthand from my mama because she was the same, right? Yeah. She took care of everybody except her to her own detriment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Womanhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is why I'm such an advocate now for me first, you first. Right. Um, freedom. Which is not selfishness. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Yes. Right. It's taking care of you. We get one of us. We get one and we get one life. Right. And as my dad always say, and one is enough if we live it right. Right. And so we it is our responsibility to ourselves to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I had to when I got into that dark space, I was just like, I really think I'm gonna die. I didn't think I was gonna see 40. And I was like, OK, Lord. I don't know what to do, you know, and I really, I thought God had forgotten about me. And I also thought he didn't hear me anymore. Right. And I grew up in the church. I grew up in the South. So I always prided myself on having this relationship with God. But then I realized that I had a relationship with him, but it was more of what I was taught about him, not what I allowed him to develop inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so in this dark season of my life, is when he really got to develop something inside of me, right? And I got to a place where I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to try one more time, and I'm going to beg, and I'm going to plead with you. 
And I got in my bathroom. I call this my coming to Jesus moment that I've talked about a million times. <laughs> and I got in the mirror and I was trying to connect with them. And they say, you can only do that. Like your soul, is, you see it through your eyes, right? So okay. I'm, in the, I'm in the bathroom, I'm in the mirror. You know, I got big eyes, so it's kind of <laughs> scary. And I'm staring at myself. <laughs> and I was like, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And I meant it. And it was the first time I had ever... What did that mean? It meant I'm not going to try to live my life my way anymore. I'm going to live it how you created me to live it. Which means whatever layers I have created, I'm going to have to strip them away. Mm -hmm. And I'm only going to live a life of obedience. When you tell me to move, I'll move. When you tell me to do something, I'll do it. And when I walked out the bathroom that day, something felt different in me. I wasn't healed, but something felt different. Well, you were trusting something bigger than you. Yeah, but it was a it shift inside of you, me. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that feels like freedom because yeah. the pressure of thinking that you can control everything. Because mm-hmm. when we people please, we're, we, we are being nurturing, but we're also trying to control, right? Yeah. Like we're trying to make sure that everyone feels good yes. and that also makes us feel good. And then it also makes us feel like we have done our best to make sure that nothing's going to fall, nothing's going to break, everything is mm-hmm. in place, et cetera. And that is... Not possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not possible to sustain. And it's also, like, not our... It's kind of like you playing God laughs type of situation, right? right? Like, I think that we all have, like, a responsibility to help each other in the world. Absolutely. Right? And if my husband was here, he would tell you when my mama first... <laughs> when he first came to the house, my mama said, listen, I don't want you to um, know that Tab brings people home. I, ever since I was a little girl, my, I knew my mama could... I just felt like she could fix everybody. And then later in life, she also became a social worker. And I've always been this person that people felt comfortable telling me their secrets. And so if a kid came to me at school and said she was being molested, I'm like, well, you ride that bus home with me and my mom can help you. Mm-hmm. I always brought people home. I always say, like, you're hungry? You can come to my house and eat. Same. I'll fix you a sandwich. It's a natural thing for me, right? I'm still trying to bring people home. No, same. So even now I bring people <laughs> to the house. My husband tells them what my mama told him. What did He's I like, say today? <laughs> We were told today that somebody was like, they they had loneliness in L.A. And I was like, I got to tell them to come to the house. Yeah. They got to come to the house. Exactly. I'm the same way. When I bring somebody new to the house or invite them over, Chance be like, I just want you to know, I don't want you to feel special. She bring everybody <laughs> home. <laughs> she be bringing people right. home. Right. <laughs> but I just feel like the other part of me is I really do believe in people. I believe in humanity. I believe that everybody has something good to offer, even if they don't know it. I mean, honestly, Tabs, like, I think that is the thing that really we can see so clearly in you because you give people a grace that is attached to a hope that I think a lot of us, myself included, sometimes cannot connect to. Right. Mm -hmm. Like on some days I really be like, I'm going to approach these comments (laughs) like Tabitha Brown today. (laughs) I'm so I'm dead serious. Really? Yes. I'll be like, I'm going to approach these comments like Tabitha Brown today. And when people say stupid things or mean things, I'm going to send them love. I'm going to send them love. And I'm going to greet them with guidance. Because uh, some days I'm just like, go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? They're shooting everybody and you're here saying this bullshit. And some days I'm like, that. what would WWTBD? <laughs> And I'm dead serious. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't want you to take it lightly that to me, like when you walked out that bathroom, like you had walked into purpose. 
Mm-hmm. That's to me what it sounds like. You like walked into purpose and you like allowed yourself to be used. And it's such a freeing thing when you decide, I don't need to figure this out because it's figured out. Mm-hmm. I just need to be give, obedient and yeah, walk. Yeah, and give yes. space for it to manifest. Yeah. That's work that I feel like I've had to really embrace in this other side of 40. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to give time for things to manifest that you are trying to manifest. And I think sometimes we're just like, what's going on. And when we talk about the whole, like having it all, I think people think it's a checklist. It's an agenda that it's going to show up like how Chili wanted her man to show up. (laughs) And, you know, back in the day, Chili had a list, y'all. Okay. And that's not how he showed up. He showed up as a white man from a TV show on TGIF. You see, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to show up. But once you decide to just be like available, it comes to you. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like, Figure out what I'm going to cook? Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me, and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass, and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No, tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right, DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. So I'm curious, what are the things that you thought you wanted for yourself that you realized were actually like not even valuable? I if anything, I, I, I know I wanted things, a lot of things that I was like, mm. I mean, I've always or what have you let go of? Well, I've let go of the timing. Mm. Right. I thought, you know, in my 20s, I would have booked several <laughs> guest stars and been a series regular. Yeah. Was not ready for that. I would have lost it all. In my thirties, I just knew for sure. <laughs> it's it's. I'm a series regular in my thirties. <laughs> she was not a series regular. You know what's right? fascinating though? If you had been a series regular, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be doing what you're doing Absolutely. right now. Absolutely, which is why I let it go. Right, but I I am a series regular. On the I tab show, show up as Tabitha <laughs> Brown every day. <laughs> I still love acting. And I'm reading scripts. Oh, I still love it. Not a fan. I still love playing pretend. Really? And yeah. So is that that like an uncharted water that you're still like... Oh, yeah. I still do it. I still act. I know. But is it like still a goal to be a series regular on a show? I don't necessarily have to be a series regular. I just like to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you like the process of shooting? Yeah. I enjoy it. Really? Yeah. I enjoy being on sets. I enjoy the vibe. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you've been on tab time. I'm, with the exception of when y'all come, when the, when my guests come, mm-hmm. I'm on that set 
by myself talking to imaginary friends. You know what, though? You the boss. Yeah. And that's a different... <laughs> that's how I'll do my series There regulars. it is. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's the difference here? Oh, it's your show. It's tab time. But it's even, time for tab. You know, even when I go... You know, I did The Shive, right? So yes. I did five or six episodes. I'm so... What's the word? I'm always excited to see people do their craft. Mm-hmm. Right? And just... And I also know... That I worked regular nine to five jobs for a long time for thirty to forty thousand dollars a year, and I was unhappy. So anytime I get to step on a set, <laughs> baby, <laughs> I will hurry up and wait all day. <laughs> y'all take y'all time, and I don't mind waiting at all. Go, y'all go on ahead. You know I'm all right. Don't worry about tab. I remember yeah. when we were filming the Coachella episode of Insecure, and it was we had to shoot an overnight. And we were in Ventura County and it was freezing. And I heard Yvonne like out the corner of my ear and it's like 4 a.m. And she was like, you're living your dream. You're living your dream. You're living your dream. <laughs> like you literally have to like remember where you are and why yes. you're doing it. So, yeah. But the difference is now I don't accept anything. Like I get, you know, offers all the time and I'll be like, no, it's a pass for me. Did you hear the flex? What? Did you hear it? What flex was it? I just I said, get I offers know. all the time. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I no, but, what I'm saying is, I just, but I do, right? <laughs> Amanda, why you want me to not tell the truth? But I do. I don't mean it like that. Like, but I be having to say no to stuff because I'm like, this just doesn't serve me anymore. I'm not in, in that what way? Space. Like, what is the kind of stuff that wouldn't serve you in that space? Because what are the kind of offers that you get that you feel like are and, not? And, and when I say offers, it can be shows, movies, brand deals, like all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It has to be true for me, mm-hmm. right? But I also have a children's show. So I have a responsibility to children. So you're not going to do a guest star on BMF? I'm not. <laughs> well, depending on the character. <laughs> Depending on the character. If it's a deaconess. I ain't got to be. I mean, listen, I was on the shy, right? Touche, touche, So touche. it just depends on the character yeah. and what she's rooted in, right? Okay. But I'm not just going to be out here cussing and fussing. Like, it doesn't serve me. Right. Right. And I have a responsibility to children who may one day see Miss Tab. And I want them to see Miss I have old stuff that I'd be like, Lord, I... That was the old tab, but that's also how I know God is real. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I'm just not going to do anything. And I'm never going to tell a lie. Like, if somebody want me, I had, I ain't going to say the name of the company, but I have. <laughs> this is your tell, by the way. <laughs> Whenever Tab starts scratching her nose, she's, she's holding the card. She's holding the card. So, I was very open. Like, before I had my teeth completely fixed, I had old bonding and it was browning because hey, we we had no money back in the day. We had this good insurance that Chance had, but you still, if you wanted some real work done, you had to come out of pocket, right? Okay. And so we had found this good little cheap dentist that used to get me straight, but the bonding was turning brown okay. and I needed uh, like implants. Like I had all these old crowns from growing up, like going to the dentist, getting crowns. And back in the day, we used you to- You had jail teeth. Listen- they look pretty. My smile was always great, but if you really got but it the in work clothes, they were doing wasn't you would see that it was starting to like shift my teeth and everything. And so when I got my new implants, I had like I think I got four implants, and then they took out the painful? bond. It was a little painful, but it was all right. And then my front two teeth, 
they took the bonding out and replaced it with crowns, right? Okay. But the crowns are veneers or whatever. And I was very vocal about that. I told people, like, this old bonding is gone. Y'all about to, you know. A company wanted me to say I use their product to get my smile. I said, well, honey, no, I can't do that because I didn't already been told my people. <laughs> right. You know, and they was like, well, how much? Because we, we can give you this. And I was like, oh, honey, see, it don't work that way. See, all I have is my word. The moment I start lying to my people, then then what do I have? So I, I well, you may have had that. That, but money, that's and that not, money would have ran out. And then what would I have? Correct. Right. So meanwhile, not enough people think this way. No, sis. No, they don't. Listen, Chance was like, I lie. Tell them, <laughs> tell them to give it to me, babe. Because I ain't trying to do what you do. But tell them to give it to me. I'll tell them that I got mine. <laughs> I was like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't do that. I will never, I won't, I'll never do that. I, I won't do anything for money. Money is a bonus. Right? God will I've provide. I've been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> Same. Yes. It'll I come. just, I think there's a privilege to it, mm-hmm. right? Because, and I, at one point in time, I think people thought I meant when I say there's a privilege to it that I can do it because I have money. Mm-hmm. But I think, no, the privilege that I have is an assurity of self yes. that I know it's going to come. That's right. Listen, what's for me is for me, right? I did jobs I hated for money. <laughs> I will not do that again. Same. Now, I'll go back to work if I have to, like a regular nine to five. I ain't never afraid to work. But what I'm saying right. is I'm not going to do anything for money anymore. If I get paid for doing things, but it's only in alignment. I'm only doing things that feel good to me, that are truthful to me, that are authentic to me. That's all I'm doing. I call it fun money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we, lived, if we lived in a world where people all had that choice, mm-hmm. we would have a completely different society. Mm-hmm. So many people are just so unhappy just because they know that every day they're waking up to do something they don't want to do, but they feel like they got to do it. And there's an obligation and obligation for a lot of people is a weight that is holding them down, you know, but we need those people too. We need everybody. Yeah. We need everybody. There's a balance in the world that is needed, right? Because if everybody got it, then who would we inspire? Everybody has to have a time where they come into that. We also have to be reminded that we were there so that we can continue. So everybody has a role in the world and they have a time for it. I'm going to think on that one. Okay. If everybody got it, who would we inspire? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a place. (laughs) I went to a place. You saw me? You know what I'm saying? If everybody, if every single person in the world was pursuing their dreams and had no fear or doubt what would we be like what would there be to do i honestly think there would be <laughs> i think it would be amazing but it would but just... i honestly think we there would be something else to do i'll say this yes i wish that lack of inspiration didn't so often devolve into violence i wish it so yeah. often didn't devolve into hatred so I, I wish that there was the happy medium to me in that is that i wish that even if there was a pursuit of inspiration that people felt like they needed, that it wasn't that within the lack, there was going to be so much lost to the void. Mm -hmm. And that's the part for me that I feel like we're looking at in the world today. Like there's so many people who I feel like just turned to their darkness and have found the same way that I feel like we try our best to emit light. Mm -hmm. 
there are people like, you know, Donald Trump. There are people like a lot of politicians who got platforms where they got to emit darkness and people got attracted to that mm-hmm. in the same way that they could have maybe been attracted to light. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are pretending to be light, but it's really not. It's a wolf in sheep clothing type situation. And so then that makes people like you have to shine brighter. Mm. You got to shine tabs. However, those are not the people we're talking about. Right. So the people that live for the darkness aren't looking for inspiration. You don't think so? Mm -mm. They've made a choice. Well, I say that because I think there are people who needed inspiration and I'll take it to Star Wars. (laughs) Go on and take it to Star Wars, girl. Anakin Skywalker was at a very vulnerable point in his life, Mm -hmm. okay? He had the power of the Force. He had the woman by his side. She's pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. He had Obi-Wan Kenobi leading him and guiding him. Mm -hmm. But he was so driven by fear that he needed something that would actually quell the fear. Everything else that was around him, it didn't matter. It didn't quell the fear, right? So I think that there are a lot of people who don't necessarily need inspiration, but they need something to quell the fear. And the fear is in that they will be erased or that they will not be valued the same, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it ends up being where I think, like in the case of Anakin Skywalker, like Senator Palpatine just pitched a better deal with the dark side. (laughs) I'm running with this for you. You, For all of you all out there who get it. are running. Because it's really a, an allegory for what we're dealing with in the world today. Because so many people in their quest to quell fear will run to whatever message is strongest for them. Because they have a weakness. They don't have the ability to necessarily say, like, this message is not the best message. This isn't a positive message. It's the difference between doing what you need to do to make your life better versus doing what you need to do to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a distinctive difference between folks who do one versus the other. And so I feel like there's like a, a war, I don't want to say war, but I do feel like there's a certain level of like a war of the worlds going on right now, Tabs, where like spirit is really like fighting. Absolutely. Like there's like a good and evil battle that's happening. That has never stopped. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We agree. Yeah. Yes. I was just saying there's certain people, when people choose the darkness, it's a choice. Once they choose it. Once they choose it. They're not looking to be inspired. They're looking to be dark. You were supposed to destroy the sin, (laughs) not join them. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, That's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? 
DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. What do you feel like continues to inspire you? You know, even in her death, my mother continues to inspire me. Of course. Her body and left, but yes. her spirit is here. Absolutely. But it's the life that she lived mm. that inspires me. People always say that I give grace in an amazing way, but she was a master at giving grace. Why do you think that is? It's just who she was called to be. You know, she was just a kind soul, mm -hmm. you know, and she loved people. She believed in people. And I'm inspired every day by that. And I'm always trying to, like, embody her with how I love people and how I see them. That was a great thing about my mom. She always saw people. And so I really try to see people. And I, I try to make sure they know I see them, even the ones that don't want to be seen. I see you. So, <laughs> right, we... It's it's an important thing, and you know you're a witch, right? Like a what? You're a witch. Oh no, I'm not a witch. Witches are good things. Yeah, but I just don't go by that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's different words for the same Unless thing. Unless you cast me as Glinda in the New Wizard of Oz. <laughs> in which hey, in which case? <laughs> in which case? But on bump. I'm I say available. that in no. the context of yes. when I was in college, I had a professor say to me, "You're a witch," and I was like. Okay, same. I was like, why would you say that to uh -huh. me? And he was like, what I mean is that you have the ability to conjure the best from those who don't know they have it mm -hmm. and reveal the worst from those who think they're hiding it. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you have a gift of sight. Oh, I am a seer. Right. And so that was the context he was saying. So yeah. he was like, you're able to basically work with the energy of the world in a way that other people may not trust themselves to tap into. Yeah. I mean, that's been my whole life. I was born with a gift. I talk about it in my first book because I wanted to be clear Flex with Flex number two. <laughs> what is happening? Flex number two. <laughs> I talk about it in my first book, I... which assumes there are several. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's important to say my first because when I wrote my first book, I said... I already had a lot of followers and I wanted to reveal to them my gift and I wanted to put it in my opening chapter to give them the choice if they wanted to continue to follow me or not. So I started with that. So this is your opportunity to either close it or keep reading because I hid it for so long. Growing up with a gift is scary. And if you try to tell people what you see or dream or hear, you're told you're crazy or they look at you strange. And so I had hid it for a very long time. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to hide that anymore. So this is who I am. And so when you talk about those things, it's been my whole life, you know, from seeing things that nobody else see and being a little girl thinking, you know, at nighttime, was, I was always afraid of the dark. I, I slept with a nightlight or the TV on until I was about 28, 29 years old. And then Chance was like, listen. We got a little bit of money. We're going to get a TV with a timer on in the bedroom. So set it for 45 minutes so you can go on and go to sleep <laughs> by the time the TV cut off. That's a true thing for me. And so my sister used to tell me it was the boogeyman. And I believed that. And then I got older. I'm like, man, wait a minute. I shouldn't still be seeing the boogeyman at nighttime. 
But I would see shadows and I would see people and hear things and see things in my dreams that come to pass or speak to people who I'd never met before but would tell me things. And I would go tell my mom and them and they'd be like, there's no way for you to know that. So that's been my entire life. And then I ran from it for a while because it scared me. Mm-hmm. But now I embrace it and it's who I am. So basically what you're saying is I was right. <laughs> no, it is called because Gifted. You are gifted <laughs> and I have not read the book and I knew. <laughs> Flex! <laughs> they call it a seer. Uh, yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, <laughs> I love when, like, I can like someone from afar and then, like, real because we've never gotten to really talk, talk. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's like a respect thing. Yeah. And uh, I was so appreciative when you said that you'd be able to come on the show because I was like, oh, I get to, like, actually talk to Taz. Yeah. And then I found out she a whole psychic. Um, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> what's so funny is... Uh, <laughs> Back in the day, that's what they used to call me at She's work. She's a medium. Oh. What was the lady name they used to Cleo. They used to call me Miss Cleo at work. Because oh, Hope boy. is one of the people who knew. <laughs> right. So um, back in the day, we worked in the call center. That was my name. So tell me this. <laughs> they were like, here come Miss Cleo. I'm like, y'all stop. But yeah. Well, then, okay. Now I have to ask another question about this. When you first told somebody about this, and you weren't a kid. Because when you're a kid, you'd be saying things you don't even know what you're talking about, right? So once you were conscious of like, okay, I feel like I do actually know what this is. Like, how did you break it to hope? Like, what, what was the way that you were like, Well, it girl. would just be, I, I, I can't even remember the way that I broke it. To them. It probably came from me having a dream about her and having to tell her and, and nobody, that I'm not supposed to know that. That's normally how it happens. And I and I always be like, now I'm going to do you want this. me? Right. Because if, what I realized about myself, if I dream something or God specifically tells me something about somebody and I don't share it, I get sick. Like I get dizzy. I get nauseous. I have to lay down. It's a very bad thing. So I have to get it out. And then once I get it out, I literally, it's gone from my thought. I don't even think of it anymore. So what you're telling me <laughs> is that you have this gift. You are afraid of it mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. You were also simultaneously working in spaces where you had to not be yourself mm-hmm. and that whenever you don't share your gift, it harms you. Mm-hmm. It's literally like a physical impairment for you to not exist in your true self. Yeah. This is two different instances that you have told me of this. Yes. Then you looked in the mirror and you spoke to your soul which is outside of your body. Like, this is just the machine we're in. Like, your soul is like some other thing that's just inhabiting this space. And you spoke to your soul and you were like, okay, so we speaking to God. And you were like, okay, so I'm here. Like, <laughs> let's just do this. I hope I look this cute when I was doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do this. And would you say that once you stepped into that space, not only did your spirit change, like did your body change, would you say that you saw a change in the way that things were coming to you? Because <laughs> you ain't read the book. Let me tell you what happened. Tell me. So after that I was day, writing my book and so I didn't have time. But no, that's good. You know, I don't read other books when I'm writing. Because we don't want to be influenced. <laughs> You'll never say I took your story. <laughs> not a biter. Uh, nope, never. So... I, I prayed that prayer, and a couple weeks later, 
my daughter came home from school and she said, Mama, we saw this documentary at school. I think you should watch it. And it was What the Health on Netflix. And I was like, my daughter in high school coming home talking about a documentary? That never happens. <laughs> Let's watch the documentary. Watch it together as a family. I already get it. Right? And then it was a light bulb moment for me. They start talking about not all diseases are hereditary. Sometimes you have uh, the same things that you eat cause the same disease in your family. My mama died at 51. My daddy was the first man to turn 70 in our family. People get sick and they die young in my family. And the only thing I could figure was the common denominator was how we ate. And it was also the only thing I hadn't tried. Now, I was not a terrible eater, but I never ate to feel a certain weight. I only ate to look a certain way. Okay. Because I wasn't free. Mm-hmm. And I was trying you to were dieting. get into. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so I was like, I've tried every drug the doctor offered. I was getting shots in my head, shots in my spine, taking antibiotics, taking steroids, everything. I can at least try this. And so I did a 30-day vegan challenge. During the 30 days of the vegan challenge, I had a dream. In the dream, I saw myself on a TV show. But the screen was small. And I was like, but I had, my hair was short. I have chills. <laughs> this, I wrote about all this in the book. If you tell me about this book one more time. <laughs> I'm just saying to I'm validate. I'm reading the goddamn book. I'm, I'm reading the book. It. So, well, actually, y'all buy the book. I'm just saying to validate all the, the story. It's, this is a real story. And I've, and, and I've talked about it before. But I saw myself on the show. And I was like, I woke up and I said, okay, Lord, I'm not doing stand-up right now. I am not auditioning, really, because I'm not well. Excuse me. Reveal that to me. What was that? And I heard a voice say, start doing videos. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing videos. Like, why would I do What year is this? Like, what? 2017. Like, August. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do no videos, Lord. I'm I'm a trained actress. (laughs) Uh, When I tell you, I feel you. (laughs) Right? I'm a thespian. Honey. (laughs) I have made $2,000 a year in my acting career. (laughs) Okay. I'm not doing a video. So again, the voice said, start doing videos. And I'm sitting in my floor and I was like, why would I do a video, Lord? I I don't do videos. And he was like, listen, when you were trying to get a TV show, you were doing stand-up. And you was reaching 15, 30 people, you know, a night doing those little open mic nights. You start doing videos, you're going to reach thousands of minutes. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. See, God, that's where I got you because, see, I don't have thousands of followers. So I can't reach thousands in minutes. So that don't even make sense. And he said, start doing <laughs> videos. And I was like, how does this combination, I'm curious, how did these conversations happen for you? Like, is it in meditation? Is it in the shower? Yeah, is it in the car? It, is it, 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 I'm in my floor at my house, in my mm-hmm. bedroom. And, and at this house that I was in, my bathroom in the bedroom, I was sitting in the middle of the doorway. Mm-hmm. So it's like half of my body in the bathroom, half of it in the bedroom. And it's like a whisper. Was that a space that you usually would sit in to think? Yeah, I'll always sit, go to the floor. Oh, cool. And sometimes, I'm, I mean, I, I can talk to God anywhere, but mm-hmm. when I wake up from a dream, I'm, I, I hit the floor. You ground yourself. And so when he said that, I was very like, no, I'm, I don't want to do it. And he said, remember a couple of weeks ago, you said, if I heal you, I can have you. He did say that. And I said, I did say, say that. I said, you caught me on a bad day. He did and I, that. I was, I had said it. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> That's why I started doing videos. And I started doing videos. When I first started, I was kind of telling the same jokes I would tell on stage. And I was not still not well, so I'd be sitting on my bed or I'd be sitting on the couch. I was a sit-down comedian, okay? And I was going, I was giving <laughs> That was me during this pandemic, right? I feel you. And so when my daughter came home and told me about the documentary, I 
did the vegan journey. Now, also, during this time, I decided to shave off all my hair because I used to wear my hair long and straight. Okay. Right? I had the whole Hollywood image. Yeah, you give okay? it to us. And so, after I did the 30-day vegan challenge, in the first 10 days, the headache I had every day for a year and seven months disappeared. Ain't that something? And I was like, uh-oh, I'm on to something. So, every day went by, started getting energy again, just started feeling better. Yeah. And I told my husband on the 30th day, because we did it together as a family. And so, on day 30, I told my husband, I was like, I'm feeling like myself again. I think I'm going to go vegan. This is going to be my life. And he was like, oh, that's so good for you, babe, but I'm going to need a piece of chicken tomorrow, right? Like, right. in his mind, like, you got to go on that journey by yourself. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going vegan. Like, it's not a challenge anymore. This is my life. Yep. The moment I said that out of my mouth, like a hummingbird would hit your ear, that flutter sound, mm -hmm. through that I could hear, now tell people what you're eating in your videos. And that's how I started doing food videos. So when you ask after that day in the bathroom, <laughs> had did things change? It increased. And it increased because of my obedience. God damn it. <laughs> now I got to go talk to the mirror and then be obedient. <laughs> Listen, when I'm not obedient, I get burned every time. Every time. Every time. Why you came on my show to make me grow up? <laughs> <laughs> like why why I thought I was I was thought I, I'm good. You wanted me here. Shit. You was ready for it. Honey, you've been asking uh these questions anyway. The Lord been trying to tell you and you have been ignoring it. You know what? I don't think sometimes <laughs> it's that you're ignoring your juice. I think it's like how you were doing with like you're like, wait, but I don't mm -hmm, but yeah. I don't then like tests are brought to you. Yeah. And you're like, maybe I should. Nah, like, mm -hmm. and th but I, I want to get to a point where I don't need someone to show me the whackness in order to convince me that they're whack. Like, yeah. I already felt it. <laughs> Listen, you yeah. know, I don't need to, like, wait for the demonstration. Yeah. I've already felt it. And that's the God, right? Yeah. And that's him saying, you can trust the gift I've given to yes. you. Yes. Absolutely. Well, because <laughs> it is a lot of white people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and they do some crazy things, and sometimes. it's unfortunate for them, right? Because yeah. I'd be like, "Dang, like that sucks for you that that's the road that you've chosen to go down." And it can be really easy to like mm -hmm. get dragged down that, even if it's just a few steps. And then you right. got to read—that's why you said you get burned every time, because then you're like, "Well, now yeah. I got to dust myself <sighs> off and try it." Like I've been working too hard on myself to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you know, it happens. You needed to come here today. It was perfection. Not for you, for me. <laughs> it was great. I, I am so grateful. Ooh, I feel it in my solar plexus. Okay. <laughs> all right. We are going to very quickly run down some questions. You can do quick answers with these questions. Quick answers. All right. Because okay. the people got questions for tabs and we're going to head over to the Patreon to answer these questions. The last dose. Tabs. This has been a, a, such a treat. And honestly, um, I really feel like Whatever you told God that day about, like, I'm going to do whatever you need me to do, you're clearly doing it. And thank it's you. a gift to us all. So I thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I love thank you. Thank you. It's dope seeing people win and understanding. When, sometimes you meet people and you're like, why are you winning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but it's really dope getting to be in the... Uh, in the presence of someone and be able to understand like, oh, that's why. Because this is true authenticity. And I wish more people would just trust that their authenticity is enough. It is enough. To have it all. That's right. Very good. <laughs> but I'm fine. <laughs>